Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokop, your host, and today we have the honor of receiving Mariana Tapo. Maria, she is a step parenting expert and trusted advisor to divorce professionals, financial advisors, and parenting coaches. Maria offers a caring and playful coaching approach where clients feel energetically held and empowered to joyfully and confidently blend their families. Maria knows from experience that step parenting isn't something you pick up from scrolling the internet or crowdsourcing your friends. She believes that forging a relationship with your stepchild means learning to find your voice as well as hearing theirs. It's all about communication. As a daughter of divorced immigrant parents and a step-parent herself, Maria understands blended families' communication and connection challenges and the vital importance of healing pain and preventing further harm by establishing innovative parenting support systems. Through her signature four-step energy-focused process combined with rapid resolution modality, Maria helps families transition from chaos to harmony. She enables step-parents to strengthen their values, foster partner alignment, create trust with step-children, and enhance community with birth families by building on their existing skills, experiences, and strengths. Maria has helped numerous blended families foster more harmonious family dynamics through her VIP step-parenting breakthrough, support model, and her podcast, Synergistic Step-Parenting. To learn more about how to work with Maria, visit her website as at synergisticstepparenting.com forward slash work. Maria, it's such an honor to have you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, Gemma. And it's such a thank you for the warm introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. My first question for you today. We understand that it's all about step parenting. This is really when you have all your skills. What is your backstory and your why? What kind of values did you overcome that led you to focus on that part in your Yeah, thank you for that question. I appreciate it. So I, when I was a child, I was an immigrant with my family coming from a culture that was polar opposite to the U.S. So I'm from Moscow, Russia. We were Jewish refugees. I came over with my mom, dad, and my maternal grandparents. And I realized as an adult and reflecting on this that so the differences in culture in Russia are kids are seen and not heard. Um, There's an expectation to obey. There's an expectation like children are young. They don't really have much to offer. It's all about listening to the elders. They have all the answers. Uh, So is a culture that... I realized, uh, you know, really severed me from my voice and my truth in many ways. And also coming to a brand new culture where my family was were fish out of water and certainly had no idea how to be a child in this new landscape, uh, I had to look for support and guidance outside of my family. Um, and So already as a child, I had sort of developed this history of like people pleasing and um, 
again, not really knowing how I feel about things because that wasn't, there wasn't any room for that in my experience and it wasn't valued because it, because it didn't feel to me that it was valued by my providers and my caregivers. And that led me to look for support in a relationship that I'm grateful for, uh, looking back on it, but it was not a healthy one. It was one of emotional and physical abuse. There was lots of codependency. And looking back, another reason that happened in addition to what I've already mentioned is I was very coddled. I was extremely naive. When my family came here, my father left shortly after we moved. And my grandparents were, of course, elderly and couldn't find employment, nor were they really even in a condition to find employment here. And my mom felt the ownership of, okay, I need to find a career where I support for people by myself. So she was a doctor in Russia, and she uh, realized becoming a doctor here would allow her to do that. So she literally formed a study group with other Russians who were in the same boat, and they were at it for years, and these were my formative years. So I, for five or six years while she was doing that and getting ready for the exams and learning English and everything else, I really didn't see much of her. She would leave before I woke up and come home after I went to bed. So my grandparents, my poor grandparents' solution to that out of fear and not knowing how to navigate, they basically kept me home like Rapunzel, like focusing on schoolwork and focusing on piano lessons and anything that would keep me in the house. So I think I was also in a unique position in that way where I just didn't know enough to recognize what to look for in a relationship and what to sort of shy away from or stay away from or what didn't serve me. I just didn't have that wisdom at that point in my life. And again, I'm really grateful to this individual because he really took me under his wing and showed me the ropes and, you know, taught me so much about the American culture and really also offered lots of insights into how he saw the world and thought of people. Sadly, there was a lot of fear-based, you know, um, isolating patterns to his thought process and, and view. And I didn't know that at the time, but it's something that I came to realize later on in my life, looking back on things. But I am grateful nonetheless for the amount of energy that he invested in, um, you know, taking me under his wing. And I also realized that he, the unhealthy aspects of our relationship, it wasn't malicious. It wasn't with an intent to hurt me. It was really, you know, he was doing the best he could with what he had, with the survival skills he had learned and also what was available to him. A lot of our, you know, a lot of our behavior and a lot of those kinds of skills are modeled by our caregivers at a young age. So I recognize that that was very much the case. It wasn't malicious. It was just like all of us, he was doing the best he could. But I also deeply realized throughout the course of our relationship, because we met when I was 15 and it was a 16 year long relationship. So very much into my adulthood um, that, you know, it, it didn't align with who I was. And I think I was fortunate because other women I've spoken with who are in similar situations, a lot of times they were the stay-at-home kind of mom or housewife, and it was their partner who was out in the world and working and having access to other people. And in my situation, it was the opposite. I was the one in the workforce, and he was the one staying home. And I think what happened was, even though I didn't have a lot of 
conscious self-worth and didn't feel that I had a lot of ability and skills. I nonetheless found success in, you know, at my work, in my work force. And so, it, sorry, in the workforce and, and at my, um, I guess in my career at the time. And I think that because of that affirmation, I realized I am more capable than I was allowing myself to to see and feel. And I think subconsciously that transferred into realizing, okay, then that means I'm more capable in other areas of my life too that I'm giving myself credit for. So when I feel really bad and when I'm feeling really incapable and incompetent and all these terrible things and feeling totally know that relationships are hard work, but this felt so, so hard, so, so painful, so, so heavy, and really just bad often. And I think as I became more mature, and like I said, had this perspective of the experience in the workforce and having had all the years and just still having grown as a person, uh, I realized that it doesn't need to be that bad and that there were other ways because it could feel easy in these other aspects, in these other relationships, in spite of challenges and tensions. Of course, those are those are common things that we're all going to encounter at some point. But there is a better way to navigate those things. They don't have to lead into these heavy, painful, terrible, long-lasting moments that just feel completely draining and miserable and where I feel like I'm running on fumes and and it feels like I'm getting caught in a web. That was a lot of what my interactions were like in the relationship. And I started to, again, almost in spite of my conscious awareness, subconsciously, I think, really awaken to that reality. And so what it awoke in me really was, this is where the shift occurred, um, was the desire, right? The desire for it to be easier. And I allowed myself rather than shoving that desire down like I had done for so many years, I allowed myself to lean into it. I allowed myself to embrace it. And I think that was the seed. And the more attention I gave to that, the more I allowed that to be really, you know, like I said, embrace that reality, embrace that truth of my experience, the more it led me to the path where I I believe that's how I was led to both conscious realizations as well as resources that I needed in order to break that cycle and move forward and move out of that relationship that wasn't healthy for either of us at that point. And so I felt really fortunate to find my current partner. And that was 10 years ago. And he had this incredible little girl um, who, you know, I felt that I at the time was not a good role model for and like, why, you know, why is he even contemplating this? <laughs> Absolutely not the right thing for him to do. He needs a better, you know, uh, somebody better. And when I voiced these concerns to him, he told me, it's because you know what you didn't want as a child from your parents and what you didn't like. Uh, and what you were longing for that is going to make you a great parent and you're not giving yourself credit. And so after a little while of letting that wash over me, I sort of braved the realization that I already sort of fell in love with her and I was just going to embrace this experience. And 
so it's been life altering. And five years, unfortunately, into my role as a step parent, and just happens to be five years ago, she told us that she was being abused and neglected by her bio mom and her stepdad, with whom at that time she had been living during the week. Uh, that's where she went to school just for consistency. And we had her every weekend and whenever we could during vacation times and holidays. And so fairly quickly, my partner acted and got full physical custody. And I basically became a mom overnight just by sheer circumstances. And that whole experience was very bittersweet because on the one hand, it was it was like our worst nightmare coming true because of what she had revealed. And at the same time, it was such a huge relief because for two years we had been seeing behaviors mostly around her academics was where the problem behaviors are very obvious, even though we couldn't find a solution for them besides just hanging in there with her and teaching her whole concepts and essay writing every week because she seemed to do no work during the week or she couldn't absorb any information. So when she was with us on weekends, that's when we would kind of get her up to speed. But then she wasn't turning in these assignments that she had spent so much time on. And we couldn't figure out why. And we would, you know, I would rack my brain coming up with reasons and <laughs> trying to talk to her about it. And I could feel the same pit that I realized I that was growing in the pit of my stomach during my toxic relationship with my ex as when we were really in the thick of it with her struggling. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know why. I just knew something is really off. And I could just feel it. My whole body was like like a like uh a screw being screwed into the wall just like really tight. <laughs> I just felt like this motion of twisting of my all of my insights um insides, excuse me. And I couldn't figure out what it was, but I knew somehow it was related to whatever was going on with her. And I just knew something was off and that we have to figure out what it is. So that's why, strangely, in spite of this being the worst possible reason we could ever imagine, it was also relief because finally we knew the what it was and now we had a way to move forward. Now we knew exactly what she needed, right? She needed my partner to legally intervene. She needed to be able to have a safe space to be and she needed you know, support um, mentally and physically and probably academically as well. She just needed support through this whole situation and understanding and, you know, just a place, a place to be, to heal. So um, it just so happened that um, when her situation, it's really common in situations like these for people to have a bit of a honeymoon period when the abuse goes on for this long and they're they're just feeling so out of sorts. And basically, they got used to just surviving every single moment and being terrified. They're not processing their emotions, um, the, the deeper emotions having to do with these situations. And so the honeymoon period lasted about six months for her. And right at the beginning of the next school year was when she started to process things and things got pretty bad. And just at the same time, my work restructured. At that point, I was in healthcare. I was supporting sales and marketing teams. And both of those departments were eliminated. So my job became obsolete. And I found myself dragging my feet, finding another one of these jobs, even though I had the qualifications, I had great recommendations. I knew I could have 
there's plenty of those drugs um, out there. But for some reason, I just felt this like a stopping <laughs> of um, submitting myself and and really like none of them really spoke to me. Uh, there was just a complete like I was in a haze when I was looking at these jobs, which was very unlike me. Um, I've always been an achiever, a go-getter, a hard worker. And I stumbled on a trauma-informed parent coaching program that I just totally lit me up. Within two days, I was enrolled in the program. I was off and running. I spoke to the director. I couldn't get enough of it. And I realized that was my calling. And I also was shocked that I'd never heard of it before. Um, And so I've completed that program in two months less time than the program was really supposed to be. Uh, I also did a core coaching program because I just wanted more skills to bring to the table under my belt. And then about a year later, I, I discovered rapid resolution therapy, which was how I became a practitioner. And that was truly the answer to all of my therapy dreams throughout all of my years of looking for answers coping with, you know, being an immigrant and all of that stuff, and then coping with the ex-partner and the relationship and all of the fallout from that. And um, yeah, it's just been absolutely such a blessing, not only to learn that modality and be able to use it for myself, but also to be able to, um, you know, like my, my family is already been through through the sessions with colleagues of mine and I just feel so blessed that I'm able to do this work with clients as well and and truly change lives it's just been absolutely amazing so that's how um, synergistic step parenting came to be because during that time I was I joined some step parenting and blended family groups and I heard how overwhelming it was for people and I think for me in my life, just with all of the different experiences I had been through, I kind of got used to that, that things are hard and <laughs> you figure it out and, you know, you're almost at your breaking point, but you move through and you survive and it's okay. And I don't think I realized that to a degree that determination and perseverance, uh, you know, that I had developed was really rare, that a lot of people that that truly was a very challenging time blending a family and coming into a family as a step parent and uh, you know we heard from people who were uh, using substances to numb their pain they were feeling depressed they were some of them were suicidal they just felt so completely alone and overwhelmed and they didn't know how to improve their situation with these people they really deeply cared about and had already often invested a lot of time into and truly wanted a future with them. And it also is so personal because it all takes place in the home, which is supposed to be our oasis, right? It's supposed to be our reprieve from all of the other challenges and difficulties in the world and work, et cetera. So that, of course, becomes extremely taxing. And so when I realized that and realized I, I have built these skills and strategies that have been really effective not only for my mental well-being, but also to navigate the relationship challenges when it comes to, you know, communication skills and how to build relationships and how to work through differences and get on the same page and build more connection and more joy and more peace and ease. That's when I was like, I need to share this. I want to help these other step parents and blended families to create that as well, because there's no reason 
to go it alone and there's no reason to suffer. Really amazing, Maria, because you are able to to share and transmit and, and really invite us in your story from beginning to end completely in that with a clear mind, really transmitting the essence of the wisdom you have acquired. Thank you for that. Thank you. That's really amazing. So I really understand that originally coming from Russia as an immigrant to the United States, which is a shock, understanding that you have just been held safely in a cocoon at all, not able to talk or to express or to discover yourself, but able to learn. Add that for yes. That is a yes. Able to learn at school, able to learn the piano. By the way, I learned the piano and the violin and other things. So we so understand each other <laughs> on the music perspective. So that would be fun to play something together one of these days. Yeah. And, uh, and I understand that then you went on with a first long-term relationship that even though was amazing, was so devastating. So both in, 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 in interesting weeks between... I would say domestic abuse and support, help, and all kind of discovery of the world. Yeah. To fully understand that. To fully understand that. So that gave you a huge understanding of what is an unhealthy relationship and what is a healthy relationship because of your next relationship with your current beloved husband and beloved stepdaughter which is so very interesting as a perspective and situation and lived by so long. I heard a lot of families like, yeah, we have 10 kids now, we have 12 kids between the two of us. Like between just like several blended families that just come together and then it depends who has custody of who and, and at what moment in time do you just take a picture of the reconstructed or blended family. Yeah. So that's very, very interesting. Can you please talk to us about that shift in consciousness? I understand that one of the big, big shift was when from one day to another, you became full-time mom, Winnie's a traumatized daughter. Yeah. And that is something big. I understand that the other shift was when you decided enough enough with your first long-term relationship, that was another big shift. Mm -hmm. So maybe because you really talk about step parenting and this is really your big things, talking more about that shift in consciousness, what happens in your mind, in your heart, when you open up to welcome a daughter on a full time now after having got to know her every weekend or every other weekend for five years. Like, okay, and now she's teenager. Yeah. What's she, going yeah, on? She was a tween. She was 12. So one thing that happens commonly uh, when it comes to trauma, particularly when that suffered in childhood, is it's common that, especially when it's trauma on an, at an extended, for an extended period of time, although sometimes it can happen even with just a singular event. Um, essentially, because the child has to be such an adult with regard to managing that situation and their 
and just surviving. Uh, essentially, emotionally, they become they kind of uh, stop in their development for a little for a little bit. Uh, there becomes a delay in their development. So uh, because it's like the body's way of creating equilibrium, right? Because they had to use so many resources to be more mature than they are were supposed to be. We're supposed to be allowed to be. Um, now they they kind of need that break um, in order to get caught up to be able to continue their development. So it's not exactly that they're not developing. It's just that um, in some ways, emotionally, they can be sort of stunted a little bit. And usually that could be, you know, two to three years or so. It just depends. Um, and every single situation is a little bit different, too. So, however, you're completely right. She was a tween, and I think I was acutely aware. So, to bring it back a little bit, as soon as I, I took it very seriously, becoming a step parent and and really coming into this role. So, first of all, I did not meet her when we were just dating, um, and I was ironically in denial <laughs> about what we were. I was like, no, we're just friends, and we really enjoy each other's company, and. You know, I was in denial about the fact that we were, in fact, very much dating, probably because I hadn't had many relationships. And my first one was so long ago. Literally, everything was so different. I was a lot younger. The culture, I mean, we're talking, right, 16 years prior. I mean, it was a whole different landscape back then. So uh, and I, I think I was just really nervous. I was just really nervous about stepping into something serious. And what does that mean? And I didn't want it to kind of escalate and and. I didn't want to run away with that situation. I wanted to make sure to be intentional and present and conscious and make sure that I'm choosing this situation moment by moment um, because I think I was a little bit scared into, um, you know, what it could have been uh, from my last relationship. So uh, the other thing is I think my partner did a really great thing because he talked to his daughter and said, look, you know that at this point mom and I are not getting back together and you know how do you feel about if I were to date how do you feel about that and thankfully she was already on board she's like yeah I just want I want you to be happy dad and you know yeah I'm, I'm all for it basically I know a lot of times kids take a really long time to get to that point because there's a lot of mourning of the break in their family of origin it's the only thing they know it gives them a huge sense of security often. So when there's a separation or divorce, it can often feel really overwhelming for kids. So it's very common that they will take a while to come around, and I'm talking sometimes years, just to come around to the idea of their parent dating. So that was different in our situation. Um, but for me, basically, when we had discussed the idea of me meeting her, I already knew, you know, this is this is the point of no return. Once I meet her, I can't just, I can't be on the fence, right? If if I'm going to meet her, I need to have already decided, yes, I'm in, or no, I'm not in. <laughs> um, that was for me. That was the way I approached it, and so basically, a lot was at stake during the meeting because it was like, okay, and now let's see how they get along and whether it's going to be a click. Um, and so for us, it was a click right off the bat, which was why. So I guess, first of all, she's just so easy to love. I fell in love with her pretty much right away. And I think it terrified me. And I was a little bit in denial about that as well. 
Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, I had already decided I'm fully invested. So that part didn't take long. So even though for the first five years she wasn't living with us full time as a caregiver and as like, I will do whatever I can do to help this child and support this child that I was already on board with 100%. However, I think the challenge came in that I very well knew, even once I took on this full-time mom role, that I'm not her mother. And even though she's in pain and she's conflicted, I constantly had to make sure we're holding space for she has a mom and one day she may choose to have a relationship with her. And all along, too, as she's navigating it, it's going to be ups and downs and it's going to be confusing and she might want to see her and then not see her and then she might see her and get hurt. And, you know, I have to be there for all of it because it's not my choice. I cannot and we cannot force our will in this situation, right? We just have to support her in navigating it. And I think that's really challenging because as any, you know, caregiver or parent or parent figure, we always want to shelter our kids from any sort of pain, right? Especially when they've already been exposed to pain. I think that's very natural. We want to nurture them. We want to support them. We want to sort of, you know, coat the whole world and like bubble wrap for them, but we can't. And unfortunately, you know, we don't always choose the challenges that come along, but the best thing we can do is really be honest with them and support them through whatever those challenges are and not you know, not sugarcoat it, but also not catastrophize it and just say, it's okay to not know. It's okay to be conflicted. It's okay to be hurt, you know, and just sit in the uncomfortable emotions with them and just take it slow and, you know, uh, just really support them to the best of our abilities through it. That's beautiful, Maya. You are doing an amazing job at encompassing, embracing, understanding what it is about. And thank thank you. you for expressing it so clearly. That gives our audiences so a very good first impression to understand that you understand them in their role of step parents. You understand them and are able to help them through. You have gone through it yourself. So you are a mentor more than a coach, a mentor who was there and still is there, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think a big part of what really helped me to be able to see so clearly, because it was not easy. I, you know, I, it's simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> and I understand all of the things tugging at our heartstrings and emotionally that comes up that gets in the way of being able to see some of this and really walk in these shoes because I've, like I said, I've been there, so I, I know for sure. But I think what really helped and I've learned to appreciate is the fact that I experienced some of this when I was a child too. You know, my my parents had the best of intentions. And even though, you know, they couldn't necessarily provide the things I was looking for, they would really try. And a lot of how they would try is sometimes they would um, say things that they thought would make me feel better but because it wasn't completely aligned with the truth of the situation and because we weren't talking about the hard stuff, it actually made me feel worse. And it made my emotions roller coaster. And because we didn't really talk about feelings and process feelings, and I didn't really have someone to hold my hand through that, it felt extra hard. So I think what I'm grateful for is 
not having had that because it offers me um, the ability to see just how much it's needed and just how valuable it is, you know, and often I think we feel shame and guilt like, oh, I can't make this easier. But actually, that's not your job. Your job is to help them navigate through the not easy because the not easy is always going to exist in life. We don't have a choice. There's always going to be some really difficult circumstance or reality or thing that is out of our control that is going to be painful and challenging. It might literally bring us to our knees. The only thing is our control that we can do for ourselves to make those moments easier is to build the skills to cope, how to process, how to take good care of ourselves and our mental and emotional well-being and physical well-being uh, in order to be able to navigate those difficult moments. And I think that's where there's a huge, beautiful opportunity for for modeling and also for supporting kids. It's really great to see you. So you have a signature four-step energy-focused process combined with rapid resolution reclamity, and you have families in transition from chaos to harmony. The best way to reach out to you is to go on internet www.synergisticstepparenting.com forward slash work. There is also the podcast, there is also email list, everything is in there and everything is in the description, meaning that when at any moment in time, even in 10 years from now, you update your link, please let me know so that people can continue to reach out because as we know, nobody knows when you are being listened to. So... This is where you want to be always available, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Maria, it was a delightful honor to listen to you, to, to, to share the space with you, to embrace the part of the abuse and especially the part of fearing not the abuse, which is really where you focus on. And that is absolutely beautiful thank Thank you thank you so much yeah and I think just one point to underscore is a big part of my journey the reason I think I got to the place where I could support my stepdaughter is I had to heal my own wounds because without that clarity uh it's when before that happens right we don't know what we don't know and it's so easy to not realize and not see how that how those fractures are bleeding into every interaction, making it so much more difficult, not only for us internally, but also on our relationships and putting stints and um, fractures and rifts between people we love. And so that was a big part, you know, as well. And that's very much a part of what I work on with step parents and and parents in blended families. Um, in order to support their kids, the very first thing is it's really about healing their own wounds and recognizing what they need and recognizing their values and their boundaries first and foremost. And then we incorporate all the other components of how to do that in concert with others, right? Because first and foremost, it's about getting clear on who it is we are and where are we at and what do we need in order to feel whole and to just feel easier in our own experience in our own skin and in our own minds and bodies so yeah <laughs> that's perfect and this is exactly where you come into play to help parents heal their inner wounds so that they can come 
completely focus on their relationship with their step children. Yes. Yeah. And and model for them how to heal their inner mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. It goes both ways. It's our goal. That's beautiful. Maria, thank you again. And I look forward to continuing talking with you. Thank you. Yes, so, thank so you much. so much, Gemma. This was a lovely conversation. I appreciate your thoughtful questions and the space to delve into some of this. Thank you very much. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.